What is up, people? You are listening to another episode of the Imperial Broadcast. I'm your host, Shamari Stewart, joined as always by my co-host, Kendall Stewart. Kendall, what is up? Uh, what is up, Shamari? Uh, what is up is that this is the first episode of the of the new year. Yes. 2021. Um, yes, it is. It's, it's official. 2020 is now over. Yes. Say what you want about it. You know, the jokes have been made, uh, you know... The, the the you know all the comments about 2020 have been made that's all i'll say <laughs> uh and you know now it's time to move forward look look forward to hopefully a brighter future for the country mm-hmm. and uh for the star wars fandom and, and mm-hmm. as well i i would say yeah. you could say what we want about you know what what 2020 brought us as a society um and that's maybe something for another podcast but uh, for the Star Wars community, I would argue 2020 was actually a pretty good year. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I feel like with the Mandalorian kind of capping things Star Wars off. Content, of course, yeah. Star Wars content, it was definitely, I'd say it was a very good year. A lot of good books, a lot of good comics, a lot of Clone good Wars. Uh, Clone Wars, <laughs> a lot of good games. Yeah. A lot of good stuff and good shows. Yeah. Star Wars TV at, at Star Wars um, period, honestly, at its pinnacle. Uh, yeah. During 2020. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, some of the moments in the Mandalorian uh, are going to go down as all timers in the Star Wars universe. Um, some of the moments in the Clone Wars, particularly the last four episodes, are going to go down as an all time Star Wars story. Oh yeah. So, yeah. I mean, without a doubt, this is a this was a this was a very big year for Star Wars, and what, from what we've heard, it sounds like it could get even bigger. Oh yeah. Um, if not Absolutely. this year, then certainly in 2022. So mm-hmm. you know, certainly some things to look forward to. Uh, we know we got the Bad Batch coming up uh, later this year, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. so yeah, it's, it'll be an exciting 2021. Uh, but you know, of course, uh, every like there is every week we have some topics that we're going to get into on this week's show. Um, Patty Jenkins, fresh off of her uh, newly released. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 had some stuff to say about uh, her new Star Wars movie that was announced uh, at Disney Investor Day, uh, Rogue Squadron. Uh, we got a little bit of a preview of that, and plus we'll we'll maybe dive into a little bit of what maybe some uh, pessimism maybe growing around that movie based off of the mixed reactions for for Wonder Woman 1984. But yeah, we'll get into that movie later on. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. You know, excited. Yeah. yeah, a lot of, a lot of positive things coming. Uh, so. Uh, we are going to start the show off with with uh, you know somewhat. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's all negative, but it's a lot oh, yeah. of. Uh, yeah, we're going to start with a little bit of a controversy. A little bit of controversy going around in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And, and then the, I mean, I know for for if, for the fandoms not used to controversy, so get buckle up. You know, typically this is everything's everything's night hunky dory in the Star Wars universe. Oh yeah, last time I yeah, checked. Of course. <laughs> um, so. Um, but yeah, no, so so there's a little bit of a uh, little bit of controversy surrounding and backlash and 2018 backlash and uh, and uh, I'm also gonna give a um, a spoiler warning yeah. for the Mandalorian. Yeah, spoiler still. warning. You haven't just, seen Mandalorian. If you haven't seen the Mandalorian, I'd say get skip a good 20 30 minutes maybe just to, just to be safe. Well, maybe not 30 minutes, but maybe a good like 15 <laughs> minutes at wow. least. Uh, wow, we're going long today. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not 20 30 minutes maybe like 15 minutes right right yeah at least 15 minutes, minutes just um, to be safe okay because because it does have to deal with the season finale yeah. of the mandalorian 
And honestly, I mean, I don't know. Do we have to? I mean, we're going to get into spoilers, but, like, maybe just bring it up now, and then we don't have to necessarily keep going back into it. You know what I mean? No. What do you mean? <laughs> uh yeah never mind just just skip forward 15 minutes i was just gonna say like we can just you know get into what the spoiler was specifically and what was happening and then uh if anybody wants mm. to hear about the specific controversy they can still listen to that part but mm. you know just know that it's it, it'll it, you know center around the mandalorian season three but um uh well the, the, some of the comments made afterwards yeah, are, are, yeah, yeah. they deal with this the spoilers <laughs> right right so that's yeah, why I'm you like, can kind of discern what's gonna happen yeah so it's kind of like I don't know yeah, don't even mess around if you haven't seen it yeah, chances are most people it. listening have seen it yeah so. chances are if you're listening you've seen it yeah, if you so haven't like we're gonna have so many people are left out but. yeah and if you haven't seen it go watch it now what are you doing yeah. go watch it now it's amazing yeah um so the Mandalorian uh so the Mandalorian season finale aired we've given our spoiler warning so we're just gonna talk about it <laughs> so. So it aired. A lot of people watched, <laughs> obviously, with with at, with bated breath at the scene. Yeah, you know, in the in the X wing shows up, and we talked about it in our in our review. Obviously, if you haven't checked out our review, go check out our review of the finale. Yeah. The X wing shows up. Everyone's ears perk up. I was like, wait, what is that? What's going on? So everyone, so you know, of course, you have people online streaming. People, yeah. that's something people do. They go online, they stream their reactions to things live. And uh, a, a guy, a gentleman by the name of Star Wars Theory, who's a who is a very prominent YouTuber, um, uh, who posts you know theories and other con Star Wars content online. He posted his reaction, his live reaction, um, and uh, yeah, he was emotional. He got emotional. Yeah, he did cry. Yeah, he was crying. Which he's not alone. Yeah. A lot of people. I wasn't crying. Sorry, I wasn't crying. I, but was, I wasn't crying. Was a lot of crying. But a lot of people were crying. Yeah. It was a very emotional moment for Star Wars fans. Yeah, I was excited. I was super hyped. It's it was incredible. It was, I was in awe. Yeah, we were. I wasn't crying, but we I was in awe. There were definitely emotions. You know, it was a lot of excitement. Um, it was so well done. I mean, it was just. It's what you would have wanted to see if you're a Star Wars fan. Yeah. So, yeah, you got emotional about yeah. it. I mean, the tears quickly, if I was crying, they would quickly went away when I saw it was CGI. Well, but, yeah, wait, uh, that's a, that's a yeah, discussion, for, review, yeah, that's a discussion for a whole other day. And, <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, he got emotional about it. It was very touching to see. Now, the controversy comes when, you know, our good friend, I'm sure we, if you're listening to this podcast for a while, <laughs> you've heard me bring up, bring his name, bring it, bring up. His name quite a few times, not always in, the, in a positive light, unfortunately. Uh, Pablo Hidalgo, yeah, uh, who I've spoken about many a times. Yeah, I don't mind the people. Yeah, who uh, Pablo Hidalgo. Yeah, who, Pablo Hidalgo, one of the leaders uh, of the Lucasfilm Story Group, yes. and kind of seen as the guru of Star Wars knowledge in, yes. in Lucasfilm. Um, and uh, we've talked about him. On the we've show talked the about past. him on the show in the past, and typically. It's been because of, you know, things he may have said, things comments he may have said, comments snarky said, comments snarky about things about Obi-Wan and about other things and just just snarky and snide comments that yes. that just oftentimes don't need to be made. Yeah. I mean, his tone, just don't. if you follow if you followed him on Twitter or just followed him in the Star Wars space, you know that, you know, his tone is typically sarcastic. His mm -hmm. tone is typically a little bit uh you know, I would say, you know, he, he stiff-arms the fandom a little bit, kind of saying, you know, 
Uh, yeah. They don't know what they don't know what's good for them. Kind of don't mind. know what they're. You know, yeah. yeah, like they don't get why, it. Why know? would you think that? Yeah, why would you think, think that? You don't get this. Like, you don't get that. Which you is, don't know what was what was going on behind the scenes. All the all it was that kind of energy. It's been that yeah. kind of energy for years. And we talked about it on the show. Yeah, we've talked. We've talked about it on the show. You know, we've been, been probably very not, frank about it. You know, again, Shamari mentioned the Obi Wan thing. That was one of the that was one of the bigger conversations we had when he essentially at the time. This is going back three, four years. Mm-hmm. Said that there was no. Why would we even need an Obi? Yeah, why would we ever do an Obi Wan show? He has no story. There was no story of him on Tatooine. Yeah, as if it's he like j- obvious. He joked that you know what are you going to do? Tell a story of him swatting flies. He's swatting flies, and, and you know, in the desert. Yeah, in the deserts of Tatooine. Of Tatooine, and when he said that, that was I mean, something we had to talk about on the show because we were like, this guy is a a a a, a story. <laughs> He's a story guy at Lucasfilm. Right, and his concept is that there is no story around. There is no Obi-Wan. story, which shows a profound lack of creativity. And I, I don't know. Yeah. I just and clearly it was nonsense because they're nonsense. doing it now. It's clearly nonsense. They're doing it now. I mean, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have maybe put Darth Vader in it. Or I would have said, I don't know if you can put Darth. Vader. They're doing it because yeah. they it, it, money. If money is louder than you know your own story block. Of oh, I writer's block. How how can we make a story of Obi Wan? Figure it out. You can McGregor was is in his prime. <laughs> right. Everyone wants to see it. That's the one character. Now you maybe two outside of Grogu. <laughs> you know that was the one character that is unanimously loved in the Star Wars universe. And you're you're not gonna you're not gonna use him. It, right. it, it was bizarre. Yeah, it was bizarre. It, 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 but again, it was passive-aggressive. It's very, pa- like you said, it's passive-aggressive. It didn't need to be said that way. Even if no. that's what he was thinking, right. even if that's how he felt about the yeah. issue, why is he saying that? Yeah. You know. Essentially making it's, fun of the people that have ideas and have hopes exactly. that Obi-Wan will once again be played by Ewan McGregor and he right. had his own movie at the time. Now, you know, it's a Disney Plus series. And... Yeah. It would. It didn't need to be. You didn't need to be making fun of the fans. Not if yeah, you're somebody that represents exactly. one of the heads of Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm, and in a story capacity, yes. some people are, and some people go on are online saying, "Oh, he's just some random executive." He's not some random executive. No, he's not some guy, some pencil pusher, some guy no. in an office somewhere that you know is no. is crunching numbers for for Disney. No, at a desk somewhere. He's he's helping to craft yes. and shape the story. He's the guy when they, when they have a director or a writer on a book or a director on a show. Who's making or you know write somebody writing a script? He's the guy they have to go to to say, "Can I do this? Does this make any sense in the Star Wars universe?" And he'll say, "Yes or no." Yes or no. This is what we want to do. This is the direction we're trying to go in the in the overall grand scheme of Star Wars. And again, for that guy to say that there is no story for Obi Wan was bizarre. But in general, the tenor of of his you know brand on social media was a little bit sarcastic, and it was tough because. You know he paints himself. He he's he's painted himself in other in other venues like on the Star Wars YouTube channel and through Lucasfilm settings as somebody who seems likable, seems likable, approachable, kind of a Star right. Wars fan like us, but is in Star Wars. Right, and is glad to be there. Yeah, it's you, kind of a you dream. Would, which kind you of a would dream want. Time. Yeah, a dream job. Which you would want that to be the case. You yeah. would want. Okay, that's awesome. One that's of us. Yeah, one of us. So just a guy that loves Star Wars. He made knows it. a lot about the story and just and made like I said made it. He is in Lucasfilm and he's doing this for the fans. He's trying to produce great content for us, which I want to believe. Yes, you know I don't want him to be some troll on Twitter. I want to believe 
that Pablo Hidalgo has all of our best interests at heart. And he wants to create good Star Wars content for all of us. So that's the kind of a little bit of background on Pablo Hidalgo, right. who he is, and why we've brought him up on the show before, and why it sounds a lot like we have an issue with him. It just not <laughs> nothing personal, but just yeah. in terms of what he said. So, so this guy uh, decides to go on Twitter, and he is he. So Star Wars Theory posted on Twitter, just re- reacting to the fact that Pablo Hidalgo, whose account, whose Twitter account is locked. And we're going to get into some social media kind of jargon, so try to follow. And I'll try to explain right. what, what all this So the is. initial is that there was a tweet from the Star Wars Theory yes. where he just tweets out his video. He tweets he, out his video. He tweets right. out his video like any YouTuber would do that has a, so, that has a social media yeah. account. Like, yeah, you know, he shared his video. Yeah. And then what did Pablo Hidalgo say? So the peanut gallery yes. sees the tweet and decides to reply. Which is, is odd. You know what I mean? He can do it. I mean, Pablo can... Very odd. He can, but why are you replying to this why, guy? Why is he replying, and why you is know? he not... Why is he replying? Why is his account locked, and he's replying? That's suspect. It's just very odd. And, you well, know... Well, was his why account locked he, initially? It was. Yeah, his account it, was it locked. It was always locked. It was just locked. It's been locked for a while. I don't know exactly how long, but his account is locked. And that what that means is, if you're not... You know, if he doesn't follow you, I believe, or something, or, or if he doesn't, like... Well, if you're not following him, then... Well, yeah, if you're not following him, which he can, like, approve and, like, not right, approve right, of people right. who want to follow him. Yeah. So if you're not one of his accepted followers, you can't see what he's posting. Right. So... He doesn't have that many followers. He doesn't have that many followers. He's pretty... pretty so he's, I guess he's, yeah, he's kind of selective, I guess, with who he, he wants to see his posts, which is, which is just odd. If you're such... Since you're one of the public people representing Lucasfilm. Why would your account be like that? But so, so he is commenting, and he's in a, a a thread, a Twitter thread about Star Wars Theory's video, where they're trashing Star Wars Theory. They're making fun of him. They're talking about how he's doing this for money. He's creating fake tears for money, and just saying negative things about it, right? And you see Pablo Hidalgo replying several times in this thread, and you don't know what he's saying. Someone, so Star Wars Theory says. Hey, I'm sad. I'm, I'm. It's. It's. I'm not happy to see that someone at Lucasfilm is replying in a thread where people are making fun of me. You know, I. I hope he's not contributing to this. You know, because I don't want someone at Lucasfilm making fun of me, which is, is you know, obvious. And he asks if, if anyone is following him and can send me a screenshot of what he's saying. Please do. And they did so. And Pablo Hidalgo. Uh, one at least one of the tweets that he said was emotions are not for sharing, which has been making the rounds on the internet for days and days now. Uh, basically, seems to be one of his sarcastic comments, implying that Star Wars theory uh, that either what him crying is embarrassing or yeah. that he just shouldn't be sharing something like this right. or you know emotions are not for sharing. That's a weird. That's in general. What like what are you talking about? Yeah, what is uh, that? I, mean? I would love to ask Pablo. Love to get him on the show and ask him what do you mean? When you say emotions are not for sharing. Yeah. In general. Yeah. I, I've never heard it's that term weird. before. Yeah, it's just weird. And, and and I don't understand I don't understand why he is uh you know why he is involved in this thread 
of making fun of where he's making fun of Star Wars theory. And so so this came out anyway, right? So this this came out so once that's post once the person sent the picture to Star Wars theory, he posted a whole video on it on his YouTube channel. Yeah. Talking about how Pablo Hidalgo was making fun of me on Twitter. Uh, and then Pablo Hidalgo, seeing that his the, the picture of what he said had gone viral, essentially, made that his Twitter banner. Meaning, when you go to his Twitter account, that was what was at the top of his whole account, was that image of him. As if as if to say, yes, this is what I said, what are you going to do about right, it? Right, he's making a joke of it. He's like making a joke of it. He's like, yeah, this is what I said, what, what are all you going to do about it? You know? And it's just, it's odd. And, and that's the kind of troll, almost, behavior that we've seen from him for years. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not a shock uh, that Pablo, you know, would 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 work would, would would act like this. It's not it's not the end of the world. No, it's not, not the end of the world. But he's but it he he's representing Lucasfilm. Yeah, he, and it, it kind of reflects the he reflects the company. Yeah, and to be clear, like well, for on the on the one hand, no one's saying Pablo is some community manager that needs to make everyone happy at all times. No. But at the other hand, he's been positioned at Lucasfilm as one of the faces of the company from a Star Wars standpoint. He has. He's you been know? very public. He's a very public figure. Very I mean, much a public figure. Obviously, like, outside of, you know, the ma- outside of, like, all, like, the obvious creators, you know, your Favreau's, Filoni's, uh, and, like, you know, I mean, I wouldn't consider Captain Kennedy a creator, but she's, she's run this as a joint, and then you're your actor. In terms of, like, the, the, the behind-the-scenes people, he's pretty much the face. He's he's the he's pretty much the face. You'll of see the, him in any in any aspect, whether it's about the movies, the yeah. animated shows, the yeah. Mandalorian, the books. He's there to talk about all of it. When you get the the making of or or the the visual guides, visual dictionaries, a lot of times they're written by says author Pablo Hidalgo. Yes, oftentimes. Um, you go to a panel at Comic Con. He's he he might be there. If not, probably be there. Yeah, him or Matt Martin or, you know, one of the other representatives you from the story. the Star there. Wars show on YouTube. He pretty much has a segment every week where they're asking about something Star Wars related. Mm-hmm. They're not, they don't hide Pablo Hidalgo. He's, he's not, not, he's not, not a, just a name. He's not hidden. He's not some guy that is in the back room. Right, because if that was just some guy that worked for, if there was just some guy that worked for Marvel that I never right. heard of, no one ever heard of. That said stuff about the he fans. He said something, and then, oh, he actually worked for Marvel. I'd be like, I'd be like, well, I mean, I mean, I would have done it. You I got caught, <laughs> but like, I don't care. He, he's a, he, you know, he's just a person. Yeah. But Pablo is, and he, and he he helps to. It's like it's added because he helps to create the story. One, so even if you were behind some behind the scenes guy, he's helping to create the story. Yeah. So that's number one. Number two, he's not some behind the scenes guy. He's very public. He's very out and open with who he is at Lucasfilm. <laughs> and the role that he has at Lucasfilm. Yeah. And he still feels empowered to act this way. And that's not okay. You know, I think it's gotten to the point. And Star Wars Theory pointed that out. He says, this is not okay. This kind of behavior, it's not good that this kind of behavior is accepted by Lucasfilm. And it does not reflect well on Lucasfilm as, an orga- as a company, as an organization, that they're, that they're uh, the people that are creating their stories are engaged in this kind of mockery of the people who are showing emotion about their stories. So, um, in uh, reaction to this, Pablo Hidalgo posted an apology 
And this was a whole like day or two later. It, it took a while uh, for him to respond to this. So I'm not sure if he had met with people at Lucasfilm or spoken with. I don't know what happened. Yeah, he was trending on Twitter. Like, this whole thing blew up. Yeah, he was trending on Twitter. It was, it was, a very, it was, it was awful PR. Awful PR for Lucasfilm. It made them look very bad. So, it, so he had uh, he had posted an apology on Twitter, not directly apologizing to Star Wars theory, which I'm not totally okay with. He just apologized in general, um, you know, and he said that his he's basically saying that people misread his comment, uh, which I don't believe. He's saying that he it was almost like a self, almost like a uh, like a self loathing, almost sarcasm, like a sarcastic comment meant against himself or something like that which you know i don't believe he's saying that he's sarcastic a lot or something like that well he is sarcastic he is sarcastic a lot but it seems to be a lot of sarcasm against other people right based on his past behavior right i'm just going based on his prior behavior right you know if i didn't know anything about him maybe i'd be okay maybe he just has a weird way of saying things or a weird sense of humor or Yes. It's like no, based on his past comments. Yes, yeah, this, this this was this <laughs> was consistent with Pablo's past behavior. Uh, so Very it wasn't, consistent. Wasn't shocking. Wasn't surprising. Um, and look, some of the words that were being thrown around by people, not me, but other people, well, uh, you know, were bully. And you know, like, why why is he bullying Star Wars theory? Yeah, that's a word that's be, that was absolutely being thrown around. And I look, I. I, I I don't know if I would go that far, but that's the that's the energy that he gave up. And again, that's, that's a, the energy. It's not it's not a good look for Lucasfilm. He's an executive to have fans calling one of the one of the top people at Lucasfilm a a, a bully, um, a bully someone that's bullying the fans. Yeah, bullying the people consuming your product. Yeah, yeah, it's bizarre. What, so what's what's your what's your theory? <laughs> no pun intended. On um. On what what happened here? Like, is there any theory? Like, why is Pablo just a troll and he just just trolled one one time too far, too many? He went too far this time. One troll too many. I mean, or was there <laughs> a uh, is, was there some sort of axe to grind against? Yeah, some people were theorizing that as well. That yeah, Star Wars theory. People were, were were theorizing that you know because people had such a visual reaction to this Luke Skywalker as opposed to the Last Jedi Luke Skywalker that he helped to create. Right. He had no he had no involvement in, involvement in the Mandalorians Luke Skywalker. Yes. So was there some uh, you know it's a little bit of shade being thrown at the Mandalorian? Yeah. Is there some shade? Is there some jealousy? Is there some kind of you know does he have some kind of issue uh, with it? We don't know. But I think I think that he's just a troll. Um, you know, I think he's shown that he is prone, or he's just a troll, or he just he just needs to get off social media, one or the other. I think Lucasfilm should should tell him honestly to get off social media, or to no, honestly, I think at this point they should just tell him to get off social media. <laughs> like I, yeah, I hate to be like that, but. Um, at least in any official Lucasfilm capacity, you can have personal accounts. Just, just, just straight up personal, you know, not Pablo Hidalgo, head of Lucasfilm story, anything. Just, you know, you can have your personal, you know, Facebook or whatever, where you communicate with your family and personal friends, but nothing official, you know, just get off at least for the time being, 
until we figure out it what we want to do with you in terms of you having any kind of online presence because he's just toxic online i don't know why i don't know what it is i don't know why no one at lucasfilm has told him hey be quiet get off the internet why are you talking to people and making snide comments on the internet no one at his level you know it's at such a massive company like lucasfilm if he was at some kind i don't know if this was some kind of like you know plumbing company I'd be like, yeah, I mean, this is in bad taste, you know, but I mean, how many people are paying attention to his? This is Lucasfilm. This is Star Wars. You know how many Star Wars fans are on the Internet? And no one's told him, hey, get off the Internet. Stop making snide comments on the Internet. So yeah. it's it's odd to me. So I think he's just a troll. And I don't know why Lucasfilm is OK with it. I don't know if they think he's an asset that can't be replaced, which is absurd. He absolutely can be replaced and they have other people at lucasfilm that also work in the story group many of whom i would assume can fill in in his position and i don't mean to say that as if he has no talent or anything he's he's he, i mean he knows star wars and he he's good at writing i've read many of the visual guides and visual dictionaries he's good at writing that content but like you know this is ridiculous and <laughs> it should be unacceptable yeah i mean would they let uh i'm trying i'm just trying to think of any name of someone at, at, at lucasfilm that they would let troll fans in this kind of way. Well, yeah, that's been the conversation as well. I mean, if this was just some random visual effects guy that did this, would, would he be way more, would he be replaceable? Yeah. Probably. You know, you can find another one of them. Exactly. And, but why do they feel like you can't find another Pablo Hidalgo? There are millions of Star Wars fans out there that know the that know the fandom in and out. Not to say that Pablo Hidalgo I don't, don't want him to lose a job, but, yeah. I don't know George Lucas. Um, obviously, I wish <laughs> I did, but I feel like George would have done something about this. I feel like this was not Disney. This wasn't, wasn't some corporate, you know, decision. <laughs> I feel like George would have been like, no, we don't make fun of the fans. Right. Ever. Yeah. I think Pablo has a good, I think he has a good relationship with the people of Luxo. That's the sense I get is that he has a good relationship with Captain Kennedy and some of the people that that matter at Lucasfilm. Yeah. And so he, he's pretty tough on. Yeah, um, I think he got cut. You know, in terms of a, uh, you know, if you're talking about a boxer, like he probably got cut a little bit this time around. You know, I, I don't think he can. I, I don't think he can continue to act like this and expect that he'll keep his job. But, um, but whatever, whatever kind of Teflon status he had, you know, I think I think it helped him in this in this regard. Um, yep. But yeah, no, my, my, my overall theory is I think that he, I think it's a little bit of all of this. I, I think there probably is some, some stuff with him in Star Wars theory. Not even, like, Star Wars theory has a beef with him, but just, he must not like the guy. Or he must not like the Star Wars YouTube community mm-hmm. in general. Um, and so there's some of that energy, and it could have been some of the stuff about the Mandalorian. Um, I don't think yeah. this is a normal Pablo Hidalgo troll. Really? Yeah. Like, he, like he, I mean, he does this kind of stuff, but this was very pointed. Um, it's odd, you know. Very pointed. Yeah, because I, I, I don't think I've, I don't think I've seen him, and I think other people have actually posted where Hidalgo has attacked them personally. I, but I haven't seen nothing this public where he's attack. Yeah. He's just attacking. Yeah, another public a, figure. Another public Star Wars yeah. figure. Yeah, like just directly. Right, and it's very odd. You yeah. know, and, and yeah, he'll make fun of fans that you know talk smack at him on Twitter, and he'll he'll try and he'll he'll talk smack back or whatever. 
but this is a guy who kind of did nothing harmless. He did he didn't he did no harm to the guy. I, again, I think I think most of it is probably some stuff on him and Star Wars theory. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if it's uh, right. I think there are reasons why he doesn't like the guy, and I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. He he just needs to get off social media, and I'm not you know. I'm not normally not one to say you know to advocate for stuff like that. Yeah, censorship. I'm not. I'm not saying he should be fired. A lot of people are saying he should be fired. I mean, I don't care. I don't necessarily think he needs to be fired, but people just need to tell him to be quiet and you know do his job and be thankful that he has this job. This is a job he doesn't know how many people wish they had his job. Yeah, you know. So I mean, I think he should be thankful to have this job, to have any job considering the economy we're currently in. Right. Especially to have this job. And he should not be blabbering on and making fun of people online. They need Lucasfilm needs to tell him, like a child, unfortunately, stop doing that. Yeah, you Get don't. Have to, yeah, computer. you don't have to make fun of anybody. <laughs> don't make fun of people online, especially. To be simple, when it's just them having visceral reactions to their favorite show or any show. So mm-hmm. again, yeah, but but it starts with don't make fun of anybody. It's an easy thing to not do. Easy. Just don't make fun of anybody. And like, if you want to post on Twitter, post you know just any just any fun facts. Name any public figure of any company. Oh, fun facts. Hey guys, check out this new content. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Like, you don't you want to happy birthday. And you can have positive interactions with the fans by posting stuff like that. It's not controversial. No one's gonna get mad at you. So just post normal stuff. Yes. Just post normal stuff instead of getting mad at people and trolling people online. Like. All right, yes. so I'm not going to get too heated. If anybody on Twitter that you don't like, you can block them. It's very easy for Pablo very, to It's very block. easy. It's, it's, you know? <laughs> exactly. And look, state people can be like, Pablo, don't no, block me. Oh, it's much better than me talking smack to you. Talking smack. like That's not good for anybody. You represent Lucasfilm. You're part of the story group. Yeah. And this was a, as far as we know, and as far as it seems, this was a unforced attack. Unforced. It, nothing was said to him. He didn't. Yeah, he was never provoked. Yeah, it'd be one thing if the if Star Wars theory was like, yeah, Pablo Dago's bleeping bleep, <laughs> right. and then Pablo went back and blasted. <laughs> right. But this was unprovoked. It's completely unprovoked. Yeah. So that that and stuff like that is why I say they should just get him off social media because this guy's unhinged. Right. What, what? Why is he doing this? Right. So there has pro- to be something. There. Someone probably asked him, yeah. "Why are you doing this? Yeah. Why did you say this about this guy?" You know, and he came up. Apparently, he came up with some BS lie about how some kind of self sarcasm or something. He just told him to be quiet. Why are you responding in a thread where people are making fun of him? Yeah. Why are you responding to his anything, anything? Yeah. That he posted. If you're responding to someone else's Star Wars content, say something positive. Just, yeah. uh, just PRs needs to tell him you're responding to someone else's Star Wars content. Don't say anything unless it's positive. Yeah. Easy. It's very simple. This yeah. is, you know, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, so we had some. Uh, and he's people. not a comedian. He's That's not. Thing. He's not. You know, he's a, he thinks he's a comedian. He thinks he's, he's funny. So, like funny and stuff, and it's not. It's like it'd be one dude. thing if this were, you know, if this were you and Bill Burr, and Bill Burr said something kind of to a Star Wars fan. I mean, you know, that's just whatever. You know, he's a comedian. You know, if this was, like, you know, Charles Barkley. Or Shaquille O'Neal on TNT when they're talking, they can say whatever they want. You know, they can shack and tweet something or make fun of somebody. You know, and a lot of people laugh it off because. But that's part of the shtick. 
Pablo Hidalgo, I mean, does he want this to be part of your stick? Maybe he does, but I'm sorry, dude. Like, you can't be the face of Lucasfilm Story Group. Right. And do stuff like this. Because at the end of the day, the fandom, the fandom's already, like, volatile right now. The exactly. last thing we need is people worrying for losing making fun of fans. Making fun of fans. <laughs> I mean, what? We're already volatile. We're already at a, a boiling point split, between... Split right down yeah, the middle. The fandom itself is split. And then you have those two spl- those two groups of the fandom. Both of them kind of pointed at the at Lucasfilm saying, what are we doing here? Lucasfilm. They, not, they Both of them are united in the fact they don't like Lucasfilm. And then they, they finally finally create something that everyone seems to like. Yeah. Unified. Seems to be universally liked. And that and was then, something that... And then this guy goes and starts making fun of people for like... It's, it's like, you can't make this stuff yeah, up. Yeah, you can't make it up. So, you have some people, uh, some of the actors at Lucasfilm, sticking up for the fans. So you have Gina Carano, Cara doing herself, speaking up for the fans. He spoke with a YouTuber, Drunk, Drunk 3 Prio, And, uh... Uh, she was sticking up for the fans. You know, she was saying that she appreciates people who have these emotional reactions. And we on set had emotional reactions. You know, and she said if anyone is saying otherwise, you know, maybe you weren't there. You know, almost taking shots at Pablo a little bit. Possibly. I'm not I'm not implying anything, putting any words in her mouth. But, you know, she was sticking up for the fans. And you have Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker himself, uh, posting on Twitter. He said he saw apparently some of the tearful reactions that people were having online, and probably referencing Star Wars theory. Probably he posted in one of the reaction collections, right? Right, not. the mashups. Yeah, and he said that he is so thankful that people were having these kinds of reactions to his content, and he, I believe, he even said he was was you know it, it fills him with emotion to know that people feel this kind of way about his content because he has a deep connection to the content obviously in the story yeah so it is and those are the kinds of things that you would think someone representing lucasfilm would want to say yeah it's just bizarre i mean we've seen we've seen for years fans of a lot of these things a lot of these people in these types of mediums or a lot of these shows and these movies uh do reactions where they get emotional I mean, we remember, you right. know, another prominent YouTuber, Dash Star, mm-hmm. another prominent Star Wars YouTuber, a couple years ago, when the Clone Wars Season 3 trailer came out at Star Wars Celebration, he did a reaction to it, and he, he broke down crying. Yeah, broke down. When he yes. saw Grand Admiral Thrawn. Just completely just fell, fell to pieces. And when we saw that, we were like, wow. I, wouldn't, I wasn't crying. We didn't make fun of him. Well, we made fun of them. We didn't make fun of them. We were we like, "Wow, that's that's you know that that shows you the the magnitude, the magnitude of this of moment." Thrawn being reintroduced into this into the Star Wars community, and I guarantee you, there were people at Star Wars Celebration that year that were probably also crying. Also, I, I guarantee it. Yeah, I guarantee you, there there are probably people at Star Wars Celebration every year, every year that cry at these trailers, these panels, yeah. and cry at these panels. Yeah, and this guy has the, the he has the nerve, Kendall. He has the nerve to make fun of these people. Yeah, saying emotions should not emotions are not for sharing. He says, and then he posted on his Twitter page. Why didn't he say that about Thrawn? Why didn't he say that about all the things that they've? He's been at Star Wars Celebration before. He's seen people cry at Star Wars Celebration before. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, he thinks that apparently he scoffs. He looks down at those people. And then when, but the thing about his his apology, quote unquote, and I hate to go on a rant, but. (laughs) 
after this came out and people were sharing the picture was making the rounds online, he made it his Twitter banner as if yeah. to say, yeah, I said it. Yeah. And then he's going to come out and say, oh, no, actually, yeah, I was being sarcastic. Oh, actually, that was a thing for me. I was just being sarcastic about me. What? Yeah. No. And apparently he tried to reach out to Star Wars Theory and Star Wars Theory... He just sent an email that said, hi, it's Pablo, call me. No explanation, nothing else. Just, hi, it's Pablo, call me. Like, And he's like, no, I'm not going to call you. If I do, I'm going to record it and post it online, <laughs> which I very much appreciate. Shout out to Star Wars Theory. Check out his channel. He posts very good content. But, I mean, this is, like, this kind of behavior is just ridiculous. It's just completely ridiculous. Again, these people are calling for his job. I'm not calling for his job. I'm not calling for him to be fired. I mean, he. I think I don't think he does a bad job. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I like the con- I like the stuff I read from him that comes out of Lucasfilm Publishing. Right. You know, I don't think he does a bad job at that at all. But you know, this kind of behavior is absurd. Right. And they need to let him know that this kind of behavior is absurd, and that he needs to cut it out. Just yeah. And that's completely. the thing about Pablo Hidalgo. That's the last thing I would say is that like he's not a. There's nothing wrong with Pablo Hidalgo, the Lucasfilm story story group guy. There's nothing you know, wrong. You can with say him. what you want about all of the, the Last Jedi. You know, and it, it, even if, even if he disagrees with uh, what we how we feel the story yeah, should about go. Kenobi, I never once was like I never once was like fire, fire him, fire him. This guy, we need this guy out of here. I never once. I thought it was, I thought it was troubling. Fired. I thought yeah, I thought it was a bad a bad yeah, sign. Yeah, that was a bad sign. For the but I didn't call for the man to not have the job anymore. No, because he knows more about Star Wars than I do. He, he's, you know, right. at this point, like he, he's a, he's a Star Wars encyclopedia and that's, yeah. that's what he's and paid he, to do. And he works at Lucasfilm. Yeah. He should know more about Star Wars. Yeah, 100, yeah, 100 That's what he does all day. And so, <laughs> so I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to have that job based off of the merit of having the job. But the problem is when you, this is just me, maybe Kathleen Kennedy and Bob Iger and Bob Chapek and Alan Horn and the rest of the people disagree, but I don't want my Lucasfilm story group people. <laughs> also, being trolls on Twitter. <laughs> right. It's just, it, it doesn't make sense. It's, it's not a one-for-one. One. You don't get to say, because I'm the I'm the Schwab, I'm the Swami of Star Wars, that I get to then make, make fun of people on Twitter. <laughs> right. You know, that's the part of it where I don't, where I don't understand. Just, you know, you, you're, again, you've been gifted this great opportunity. Right. You know, and you're, 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 you're very good at your job. You're not perfect, but you're very good at your job. Just do your job. Again, I'm not saying you, know. you can't be on social media, but just don't be a troll. Just don't stop trolling people. Stop making fun of people. And even if some people deserve it or are not nice people, just let it go. You, you represent Lucasfilm. Yes. It's not your job to make fun of these people. Yes. It's not your job to put people down. Let it go. Move on. You have a great job and a, and a great life, hopefully. Yes. <laughs> just move on. Yes. It's not hard. You know, so that's all we had to say on it. I know we dragged on a little bit. I'll leave a little time time stamp in the in the description <laughs> for those who want to uh, to make sure that they they are not spoiled. Uh, but uh, we do have to move on. Uh, so the next story we have is a uh, it's a uh, well, it's a much uh, brighter story, thankfully. Um, uh, so uh, next we have the Mandalorian. Uh, so the Mandalorian um, released their the gallery episode on Disney Plus, 
And uh, if you recall, the first season of the gallery was released after the first season aired. And they did a review. They did a kind of a behind the scenes. Of also, spoilers for the Mandalorian. Spoilers again uh, for the Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well, actually, should we do is it spoilers? I mean, uh, if you want a good, if you want, if you want the best pop conversation, maybe we should just save this for the end. Yeah, we'll save this for the end. We'll all right. Yeah, yeah, we'll save this for the end. We'll save. It for the end. <laughs> um, so, all right. So, so moving on from that, unfortunately, we have another potentially <laughs> negative story. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it's not, it's not all positives uh, on the yes. Imperial, on this episode of the Imperial Broadcast. Unfortunately, um, so Alan Dean Foster, who was the author of the, um, well, he's the author of the original uh, Star Wars movie novel, right. which is pretty cool. But he also was the author of the Force Awakens novelization, which I thought was a very good novelization. I read the novelization; it was very good. All right. Um, so he was uh, spilling the tea, so to speak, all over the internet, and he um, spoke out about just how much uh, Lucasfilm, uh, Lucasfilm, or Lucasfilm Story Group specifically, uh, told him to cut out of the novelization, which I, I thought was interesting because we had we have gone to Lucasfilm publishing panels yes. at New York Comic Con, and they've spoken about how. You know, the authors and the members of the story group there have spoken about how that progress works, uh, how that process works, where they yeah. send stuff over to them and Lucasfilm, the story group, will say, no, take that out. Yeah. Many times, sometimes, they'll say, no, take that out, no, take that out, no, take that out. You know, they'll just tell them to take stuff out. Um, so, Alan Dean Foster uh, basically came out very outspoken about what they asked him to take out. And uh, one of the uh, more controversial things, but potentially, depending on how you look at it, um, that he was told to take out was a potential romance between uh, Ray and Finn. Uh, so they told him to remove that uh, from the novelization. Um, you know, so however you felt about their chemistry or their romance, for better or worse, uh, he says that they told him to remove it from from the novelization. Um, uh, because I guess that's not where they wanted their story to go. And Alan Dean Foster thought it was a bad decision. Uh, he thought that's clearly where their relationship seemed to be going, at least from his perspective, based on on what they'd done with The Force Awakens. Right. Um, and he just thought it was odd. He thought it was odd. He thought it was silly. And he mentions a few other things they, they that they told him to, to remove that he thought was just silly. Um, like apparently when, uh, when Ray is going to fly the million Falcon and Han Solo is there, apparently there's a line where he says, he tells, he tells her, don't get cocky kid. Almost as a throwback to the original trilogy. And they told him to take that out. And he's like, why? Yeah. <laughs> so there's a few other things where he's like, he's like, I don't understand where, why they're telling me to take stuff out. But, um, uh, so Kendall, how, how do you feel about them having to remove, um, or them wanting to remove that romance from the uh, look. I don't care if if there was consistency there, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's the part where I need clarity because it's like, did Lucasfilm tell him to write a certain story and then then call an audible after they saw it and was like, ah, actually, we're not going to do this anymore because if that's the if that's the case and that's a, a trend. That we are—that's unfortunately consistent in that 
the film doesn't re- they didn't really have a plan when it came to the Force Awakens and this entire sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a case where Lucasfilm had the had a plan for Rey and Finn and their respective characters, and they saw what um, the novelization ended up being, they told them, "No, this isn't what we had planned. What are we doing? Take it out." Um, that, on the other hand, I have no problem with. Um, you know, obviously. You wonder where's the disconnect in terms of, you know, not informing him of what the plan was uh, until after, you know, he, he was writing it. But um, but at the end of the day, like, if they had if they had a plan, but I but I, I had my doubts because of all the stuff that we've heard over the, the months and years about how their plan for the sequel trilogy evolved continuously. Um Mm-hmm. So I don't know that that's where I'm at. I, I think if if it's something where if it was a consistent, you know, if it was a consistent voice and a consistent vision throughout the Force Awakens into the Last Jedi, then I I don't care. But if 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 there was some sort of inconsistency or something where they told him to do one thing and then he did another and then they wanted to maybe go back and do something, you know, if there was that kind of dialogue, which we've heard examples of that in the past from other people, um, that I would feel worse about. So, um, that's where I'm at with this. First time I heard this, I thought it meant the latter. I thought that they told him to write something, and then they decided to pull it back last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's not the case, then I I, 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 I won't really get on Lucasfilm for that. Well, he says that the original screenplay by J.J. and, and of course, the novel that he wrote, clearly, like, they, they clearly were implying that in his from his perspective they were clearly right. implying that there would be at some point a romance between and them, i'd imagine that um he would know how to read a screenplay and see right. where the cues are right um so that part of it is where i uh i do feel like this is a uh a situation where it's classic lucasfilm classic abrams classic kennedy classic whoever story group whoever you want to blame um it's somebody that's messing up here yeah, so something's going on here. I mean, I think it just highlights more of the inconsistencies. I mean, we had the Ray. So there's this Ray Finn thing that could have been, but then you have the Rose Finn thing that also could have been. And they apparently uh, people wonder if they had plans for that, but that went nowhere. All right. And then eventually you have the Ray Kylo thing that was just it brought in out of thin air. Brought in out of thin air, a very fan fictiony to a lot of people, including me and Kendall. Obviously on this on this show, yes. Um, some people out there like it, which is like, hey, you know, do you? I really thought they were going to start playing a laugh track. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, it just to me, it just didn't seem genuine. It seemed very much out of nowhere, very fan fictiony. They didn't really build on anything like that, any that romance. So, um, so yeah, no, that that didn't work for me. So I mean, I think it's just, this story kind of just highlights more the dysfunction unfortunately um in the kind of there's just lack of communication you know that's something that should be known but you know again it kind of goes back to the fact that we now know that you know none of this was really planned nope so yeah it's uh very unfortunate yeah common theme um but all right moving on to our next story uh we are going to talk briefly about rogue squadron Yes. Uh, so it's Rogue Squadron by Patty Jenkins. Uh, according to um, Patty Jenkins, the 
uh, the story treatment for Rogue Squadron is complete. Uh, so it is done. So that gives her plenty of time to figure out the screenplay uh, before filming uh, the movie. So this is very good news. Uh, so we know what the story is. Apparently, kind of, you, I know you had told me Chris Pine. Yeah, Chris Pine was doing an interview, uh, mm -hmm. Wonder Woman 84 interview, and they asked him about Rogue Squadron, and he said that all he could say is that he talked to Kathleen Kennedy. Not Kathleen Kennedy. Not talk to Kathleen Kennedy. Talked to Patty Jenkins. Oh, really? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> talked to Patty Jenkins uh, briefly about the project, and that she told him that... Uh, and that, well, he didn't say what she told him, but she said that what from what he heard, it sounded awesome. You know, it sounded like it was going to be a great story. Uh, so that's also exciting news. Um, mm -hmm. This Rose Squadron product uh, project is not something I've been super excited for. Um, it does seem like it was a little bit of a one-off, but I we we still really don't know what the composition of Rose Squadron will look like. Will it be? the team with Luke Skywalker or the team, you know, the same group of guys will be a second iteration of Rogue Squadron, an original mm -hmm. iteration of Rogue Squadron. Um, there, there has been the conversation about, you know, look, Wonder Woman came out and came out to make reviews. Uh, listen to our Wonder Woman 1984 review. Uh, if you want to hear our thoughts, and uh, me, EJ, and, uh, of course, Shamari. Mm -hmm. um, but, What's what's odd is that, you know, there have been some people that have said, well, does this affect your feeling on Rogue Squadron? And how do you feel about this one? I'll, I'll ask you. Um, I mean, I'm not reading too much into it in terms of, you know, in terms of Wonder Woman 84 specifically. and What does this mean about Rogue Squadron? Um, I mean, Rogue Squadron, like you said, got uh, all, very, very... I'd say at this point, looking at the totality, very mixed reviews. 84. Yeah, Wonder Woman 84. I uh, got very mixed. Like Rogue Squadron oh, got no. mixed Oh, no, no, no. Wonder Woman 84, <laughs> no, not Rogue Squadron. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Um, yeah, hopefully it will not have mixed reviews. Hopefully it will have all positive reviews. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Wonder Woman 84 has, uh, did get mostly mixed reviews. Um, so, but, yeah, I'm not, I'm not concerned about Rogue Squadron. I have the utmost faith in Patty Jenkins and, uh, you know, uh, she also revealed she has a co-writer that she's working with who she has not announced yet, but she says she's going to let them announce themselves and have that have them have their moment. But um, she's very excited about the project. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, interesting stuff. Can I, can I, can I, can I, can I, are the gears turning? Yeah, the gears are turning. The gears I mean, are turning, you know, I, I mean, I think a co-writer. I think about yeah, Star Wars. Co-writer. And I'm like, yeah. uh, Kevin Feige? No. Uh, <laughs> I was like, really? That's where you That's where you going? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah she I'm does, not. She does say I want him to have his own proper announcement. Okay, so he says so him. He says him. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, Zack Snyder. Uh, no, I, I doubt it. I mean, <laughs> although I, I would, together. I wouldn't. I don't know. I just, I don't think Snyder when I, I don't think Star Wars when I, when I see Snyder. But, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah, maybe, so, maybe he can change my mind. We'll see. It um. Yeah, I'm not concerned about Wonder Woman 1984. It's kind of like when you, uh, it's kind of like the people uh, in the draft that, you know, they talk about, yeah, but, you know, this school has never produced a good player before. How are they going to produce a good player now? They only produce busts. I mean, this movie is not Wonder Woman 1984. It's not Wonder Woman. It's not any movie Patty Jenkins has ever done. If you look at Patty Jenkins' history, 
Um, Wonder Woman 1984 should be weighed just as much as Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was much more uh, widely received and as as a great movie. And so because of that, um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that you know I was thrilled by by what happened with Wonder Woman 1984 and and that it got me locked into going to see Rogue One Rogue Squadron. But honestly, I don't think that that she could have I don't think that she could have done anything for me to react like that because I saw Wonder Woman. I liked Wonder Woman, and I still wasn't super excited for Rose Squadron. Um, and it's not because Patty Jenkins isn't a great director. It's because of the Rose Squadron's product, the Rose, the Rose Squadron product in general, and project in general. Um, and so it's not much about this project. I'm not going to go see this movie because Patty Jenkins is doing it. I guess that's the point. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to not see this movie because Patty Jenkins is doing it. It's a Star Wars mm-hmm. movie. Um, I trust that they'll be able to find the right director. Um, and Patty Jenkins uh, has proven she's, she's a fine candidate. You know, um, there's no reason for me to believe that, you know, she's going to stink up the joint. So, yeah, no. Uh, it, it, the excitement is not through the roof for Rogue Squadron. It wasn't the the announcement at Investor Day that I lost my mind about. Some people it was, uh, and, and maybe. And for those people, uh, hopefully they're still excited for it. And I think he should be, but uh, for me, look, uh, I would say I'm at a moderate, a moderate, uh, you know, kind of tempered expectation for this movie. But it is the next big Star Wars movie, so I'm still locked in for it. I'm locked in. I can't wait. I mean, I think that I think this movie can can really end up doing a lot in terms of spectacle. Um. And we still have so many questions about when exactly this movie takes place during during the original trilogy. Um, so it's it's very it's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, but I am very extremely excited for it. And again, I have the utmost faith in Patty Jenkins. I think she'll do a great job uh, with this movie. Uh, so our last story is going to be on the Mandalorian, um, the gallery Maybe behind the scenes. Maybe spoilers. May potentially. Or, I mean, I don't know why you'd want to listen to this if you. Uh, haven't seen the Mandalorian. Yeah, so if you haven't seen The Mandalorian, you can probably end up show here. This is the <laughs> last last story we'll be doing for the day, um, or for this show, rather, though whatever day you're listening to, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, so we are going to be talking about the gallery, the special. It seems to be uh, just been one episode this time. Yes. As opposed to just them having a, something for every single episode. Yes, an eight episode. Uh, which I think, special. which I think is better, personally. I probably, I really, I would say I didn't need the whole eight episode behind the scenes um, uh, look, or, or maybe specifically, I think that may that probably was better just to give us a taste. I think of of for those who are really into film, I think that's probably very good for them. Anyone looking to get into film and and really in any way, shape, or form, yeah, um, yeah, whether, I, whether I was, it be TV or movie level, I was definitely that guy who like watches, you know, who watches uh. You know the NFL or the NBA, and it's like I could do this. I, mean, I, I could, I could play in the NBA. You know, or I could coach. You know, I, I, you know, I was looking at what Don Favreau and these guys are doing. And say, I could do this, but, but, but no. You know, I'm also that guy that you know, if you played in, in a second in the NBA, we get a shot blocked in the first <laughs> shot it took. Uh, so yeah, no. Uh, but no, it, you could see the amount of attention to detail these guys put mm-hmm. uh, into. Uh, into the Mandalorian, I I did not see the first season of Gallery. Um, I watched a, I watched a couple episodes. Yeah, I thought about watching and, a couple uh, episodes 
uh, yeah. a couple a couple weeks ago because I was just so locked into the Mandalorian at that point. It it really shows you like it really highlights how much each of these direct directors really cares about Star Wars right. and how much and how zeroed in they are on just making sure that they are creating the best story. And how great of a job Favreau, John Favreau, and Dave Filoni in particular, yeah, are doing of making sure that this story really honors, yeah, yeah the, the amount of care. I would say the, the amount of care that they put into like real love and care for the content. Which I'll be honest, I, I, I it could have been. I, I think, I think it might have been there for the sequel trilogy as well. You know. I think there was care. I don't think that they came in there and was like. I think there was care for the Force Awakens. <laughs> um, I, think I think there was care. I think there was. I think there was care for the Last Jedi for the most part, though some stuff. I have my questions about Rise Skywalker. I agree. Rise Skywalker, I have a lot of questions because it's just what what what, what <laughs> they ended up doing <laughs> and what Daisy really said yeah. about the story and the, what. I have a lot of questions. Yeah, so you have a lot of questions about Rise of Skywalker. But The Force Awakens, I think they did come into it with care. Right. And The Last Jedi, right. I, I think Ryan Johnson did. I think he did care, even though a lot of people hate that movie to death. Yeah. And I think a um, big reason why those two movies were the ones that emphasized that more so is because you had the, a lot of the original cast members uh, in that movie. You had obviously Han and, and Leia in the first in, in episode seven. You had Han and Leia. You had Luke, Luke and Leia in episode eight. Um, none of them were were filming for episode nine. And I'm not saying that you know all, all, all right the old people aren't here. Let's dog it now. You know let's, let's not bring it. Uh, but you know I think some of that energy may not have been there as much. Um, obviously it's the last one, you know, at this point, some of these people have been, you know, ran through the cold by the, by the fandom, you know, it's, it's tough, you know, it's not yeah. easy to get up for every game, uh, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're these people, so, um, but the thing I noticed, uh, the big takeaway, I, I, one of the big takeaways I had that was different from, well, again, I wasn't, I wasn't on the set for the sequel trilogy movies, but I would imagine was different, was the amount of just the overall morale and the amount of camaraderie that was in that group, I, I just I, I have my doubts about if that was the case with the sequel trilogy movies. Again, I could be wrong. You know, I'm not <laughs> coming here saying John Boyega had beef with Oscar Isaac or any of that. But, I think Ke- cast- but Kennel, we did hear, we were hearing rumbling. You remember the first one was Rogue One. The, no matter, I mean, regardless of how well Rogue One turned out, which it turned out fantastic. Yeah, it, we were hearing rumblings. There was, there was strife about strife and thing people did not liking and right. Kathleen Kennedy coming in and it was, right. it's a constant thing with Kathleen Kennedy specifically yeah, so coming well, in. I mean, we can we we can say for a fact they weren't doing a gallery solo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. With Lord and Miller, yeah, uh, no, no, didn't film that. They did, then they, 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 Kathleen Kennedy is just a repeated thing of her coming on set and right. telling people what to do. Right, and Kathleen Kennedy was nowhere to be found in this. Nowhere to be found. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, um, she, I think she, I think she was she in, appeared the, in one, the one shot, maybe in the for the first episode. Yeah, one shot. I think, I think she was in the first season. season. Right, right, right. I saw her like they showed her like quite a few times, but not like you know. Even then, she wasn't like an overarching presence. Right. You know, so, um, so yeah, no, I mean, she wasn't someone that was like, you know, telling people what to do on set. She seemed to very much have a lot of faith in John Favreau, 
and I think his what he's been able to do at Disney so far honestly really gives him that kind of ability. And I do think that, I mean, I would think, just based on how the story turned out with the sequel trilogy, that she gives them creative freedom for the most part. Her, them, and the story group. Creative freedom to create good stories. Yeah. But it's just that freedom that leads to things going all over the place. Yeah. And the story group apparently not really... Did you notice... the story in Again, I didn't way. watch the first season of Gallery, but did you, did you notice... Was there any... Difference in Dave Filoni's involvement in season one compared to season two. Um, or was he just as involved in season one? I mean, I mean that they didn't they didn't really go into. I mean, I didn't notice any kind of difference like, here. Like, right, right, right. Yeah, I wouldn't say I, I noticed any kind of difference here. You didn't feel like, oh man, Filoni, he's everywhere now. Where in season one, like, oh, it wasn't. It wasn't like it was. He only showed up for his episodes, and it was like, no, mm-mm. he was still heavily involved. Yeah, though I would I would say obviously I mean he, with Ahsoka being involved and the right. Darksaber being involved, right. there are a lot of things involved here, where yeah, in this season me. where with things that he created in which it would make sense that he would be more much more heavily involved. All right, um, I so the the relationship between Favreau and Filoni I found interesting as well. I love that relationship. They seem to have a good rapport. A lot a lot of people are calling for them to just they should be running Lucasfilm. Yeah, and I love how they are kind of a tandem and it doesn't feel like it. there is any it's fantastic. There's no there's power no, grab. Yeah, no power grab, no ego. You know, they just want to make the best stuff. Exactly. And they both love they both love Star Wars. It reminds me the 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 relationship between Favreau and Filoni cuz this is this is Favreau's show. Um yeah. This is his this is his pet project. But the relationship reminds me of like if you've seen the movie Moneyball like Filoni feels like Jonah Hill's character, where he's like the the guru. Uh, you know, he's like you know Favreau's kind of calling the shots, but at the end of the day, he he kind of looks to Filoni for the answers in a lot of respects. You know, because Filoni he knows is the guy that really knows all the stuff, um, and really is the guy who was who was uh, who would know what George Lucas would want. You know, right. to an extent. So so he trusts Filoni more than probably anybody in that room. Um, so it's an excellent relationship, and it's, it, it was great to see that highlighted. Because, like you said, there's a lot of people that, um, I mean, obviously those guys have gotten uh, a ton of praise since uh, the end of the since the end of the season, um, and they're going to be attached to a lot of these different properties coming up. So, yes. uh, Rangers of the New Republic, Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> I mean, of course, Mandalorian season three, exciting times. Um, were there any takeaways that you had from any of the directors, any of the individual directors, or any of the individual episodes? Um, not enough Deborah Chow. <laughs> Though she'll have her hands full, I'm sure. So hopefully she's hard at work right now as we speak. Um, did she do? She didn't direct an episode this week, did she? Or? No. Yeah, no. But um, but any other any takeaways in particular? Uh, no. Well, well, for the director specifically, no. I, I had seen enough from season one to, right, to know a lot that of them are returnees. these are people who love Star Wars. <laughs> yes, you that know. was reiterated. Peyton Reed, I, I, she, he was not. In, I did not see him in season one. Right. So, um, so he was a, a surprise. Well, just in terms of directing two episodes a season, but he did a fantastic job. Yeah, and he seems to care a ton about Star Wars, uh, which. It's you know sometimes it's a surprise to you, but it really shouldn't be because these are film people. 
Yes. And George Lucas is one of the icons yeah, of, one of film. The Mount Rushmore figures. Yeah, he really is. He's one of the Mount Rushmore fil- of figures modern filmmaking. of yeah. modern filmmaking. He really is. So you see this guy and you're like, wow, this person is like a, a, a it's like a Star Wars nut. But then you're just like, well, you know, they are filmmakers. <laughs> yeah. You know, it makes sense that they would look up to amazing filmmakers and, in, in, you yeah. know, uh, amazing kind of sci-fi story. And if you're into, they're into science fiction and fantasy and and uh, you know all that stuff, then they it would make sense yeah. that if they're involved. They've in certainly seen every movie, you know. Huh? Probably mo- they've certainly seen every movie multiple oh, times. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, I'm, I'm sure. not saying that they've read every every novel. I'm not saying they've watched every episode of Clone Wars and every episode of Rebels and Resistance, but yeah. they've seen every movie inside and out. They can tell you from a from a director standpoint what they, they were trying to do, what they were trying to convey in some of these instances. Um, and they know how to portray that. Mm-hmm. And again, they have these people in their ears that do mm-hmm. know maybe some of the the, the, the very minute intricacies. Yeah. Um, again, the, the the level of detail was terrific. Yeah. Um, it was cool seeing Rosario's awesome stuff. Yeah, it was awesome with Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. Um, I I wish we had seen. I was hoping we would see her say something. She didn't say anything. That was a little strange. Um. I wonder what that was about. I don't know if it was a contractual thing. Or, or if she just wasn't comfortable saying anything. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe. I will be, be bizarre, but, you know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. She's been, she's been vocal about it online, having seen her online. She's right. talking about how amazing it is to play this character and whatnot. So. Right. So I don't know. Maybe she just didn't want to take part or didn't have time to take part. or I don't know what the deal was. But she, yeah, was, she, she probably was, has a very tight schedule, you know. Yeah. You're already, you're already in that makeup and stuff. It's probably a whole lot of whole lot to put it on take it off you know that kind of stuff but yeah um but she did it she did do an amazing job obviously and the ilm uh, stuff was something that obviously was a big deal in yeah. season one and they yeah big deal in season one and, and they brought it right back season two yeah. they are they do use it man amazing and it's magic what, what did movie, they say movie magic, <laughs> yeah, movie magic. <laughs> what did they say they were going to use that TV for magic in this case huh they said they were going to use that technology for something else right like a marvel property or something like that did they? I don't know. I could have sworn. I didn't, I didn't recognize that. Yeah, I could have sworn. I know they took. They made use of some of the Unreal Engine, I believe. The Unreal Un- Engine. Yeah, the Unreal Engine Five, I think, or, <laughs> which is like it's it's new video game. This is it. It's video game technology. They literally said it in in yeah. the Mandalorian. It's video game technology. Yeah. Uh, which again is a testament to how real these games look yeah. now. These they and they that's what they said in the in the Unreal Engine Five demo that they did before. Yeah. They said they're using movie making technology yeah, they did too. They to games, yeah. to be able to move the sets in these games now. Yeah, so it's the, like uh, some of the lighting and yeah, the, the lighting and, and the shadows and the effects that they're able to do and how they're able to make so many pixels and to make it look so like you said hyper realistic. It looks real. So it's it's really amazing what that they're able to blend those those two mediums together yeah. like that. I <laughs> I mean again I don't I don't consider myself like a film buff but. I, I could watch Pedro Pascal and read his lines for The Mandalorian uh, just as its own show. I could, just, I could rewatch the show. Just with he Pedro. does an amazing job. It's just it's cool watching him. Read <laughs> you know, I mean, it, 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 we, I, there was no hint of any of any strife or any drama. Shocking. He uh, didn't look <laughs> stressed. But I didn't, he, didn't, yeah. he didn't have a look on his face. It was like when you know, like he didn't want to be there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or he someone could, that yeah. wasn't being getting paid enough for this, or right. any, it, it like there's any kind of issue. Door, <laughs> right? Asked, needed a pay raise. Like no, I mean, it seemed 
seemed fine. Again, the optimism and the, the morale in the in the, the, in morale the building seemed seemed, fine. seemed high. So um, I yeah, so I don't know. And of and of course, like a lot of that a lot of that was because they were getting great reviews on season one. So they knew reviews. that people loved this stuff. They're like, oh, right. people are gonna eat this stuff up. Now the I to me the funniest thing the funniest conversation I found watching that was Filoni and Favreau when they were talking about Boba Fett. <laughs> With the Spurs. And they're they show they flash back to season one. <laughs> and Filoni and Favreau are having the conversation that we had, we had on this show. We had this conversation. When when they showed the Spurs in whatever episode it was, episode five, episode, episode five. six. It was yeah. episode five. Yeah, it was episode it was, five. And in episode five of season one. And Fennec Shan was dead. And we or thought she was dead. Yeah, we thought she was dead and <laughs> We saw the Spurs. We heard the Spurs, and I, I mentioned how they looked. The people on the internet were saying this sounds like Boba Fett. <laughs> and I listened to it, and it sounds like Boba Fett. <laughs> I don't know is this intentional or not. And again, and in this in the gallery episode, Filoni and Favreau, Favreau's like, hey, do you think they're gonna know? They probably will. Well, they probably will think it's just Mando's Spurs. They're, right. they're gonna think it's our guy's Spurs. Filoni's like, no, they're gonna they're gonna hear. They're gonna know <laughs> and again, it's, again. Filoni just he he knows, he knows the fandom. He knows inside and out. He knows that we're gonna know. He and knows, he knows that well, how much that tease is gonna yeah. mean to people. Yeah, he knows how people are gonna react. And he knows how much the payoff is gonna be. Yes. When they show Boba Fett. Yes, and they knew we gotta get Tamar Morrison, we gotta do this. They man. knew they, they they just know. They just man. they just know and it's a disconnect. Between the sequel trilogy, I hate to go on a rant about <laughs> My the rise of Skywalker Rare. and about the sequel trilogy about how they didn't plan anything. But they, their feel for the Star Wars fandom was so off. It's it was just they just had no just a, no chemistry. It makes you wonder what happened. It, it's like you know? I mean, and again, I, I don't know if it was like were they trusting too many numbers, too many focus groups, people saying, "Oh, this is gonna be great." I don't know, but. This is just the story. I don't know why they just thought because we're gonna put the emperor, like people are gonna love it. Exactly. You know, people are, we're gonna put the emperor in episode nine, and they can eat this stuff up. I mean, I don't. Know, I mean, maybe Filoni told them that, but Filoni seems to have a better, much better handle, a much better feel for how the fans are gonna react to things, because yeah. that's how. I mean, and look, obviously, not every episode of the Clone Wars was fantastic. Not every episode of the Rebels was fantastic, but most of them were, and. You know, he understood, especially the big moments, like Boba Fett being in the show. He knew how the how the fans were going to react, and he knew that, like, like you said, what it would mean to that to that fan base to introduce a character like Boba Fett, which is why the Luke Skywalker moment hit, which is why yeah. the Ahsoka Tano moment hit, which is why again the Boba Fett moment hit. All of these major moments that we got in season two of the Mandalorian, they all hit the. Um, the Bib Fortuna moment hit. Bib Fortuna. The Book of Boba Fett, Proscurita scene hit. It all, it all and, hit. And you see in this doc, in this thing, how much, how much detail, yeah, they put in every and, single one of those. And, and we talked about it with the Peyton Reed thing, uh, in in episode was episode two about the spiders. When we were when we were watching it, we talked about it where we were like, all right, Peyton, like I mean, I don't think people are gonna notice this, you know. Or even in that last scene You're about right. Jabba's palace, they didn't have to make it that. Exact. That exact. They really did. They didn't. You know, I, I we could have figured out all oh, of Jabba's palace. Right. Know? We didn't need Matthew Wood back at Bib Fortuna, you know, to make it 
you know, feel like like right. like Jabba's Palace. But they put that level of care, that level of attention to detail, and yep. it pays off. I mean, the Cobb Vanth moment hit. The Bo-Katan moment hit. I mean, hearing, um, hearing them talk about Bo-Katan's character, mm-hmm. uh, and hearing them talk about Katie Sackhoff was also great to see. I mean, it was. I mean, again, you know, you know, I'm getting getting riled up because again, you talk, you they, you parallel it to just the I don't want to say ineptitude, but the the mediocrity that was the sequel trilogy, and like the chaos and the rumors and the and just the disappointment. And that should have been like that. I'm not saying it should have been easy, but it should have been ironclad. Like they should have known what they were doing. If it was going to work or not, they should have had an idea. And so for them to have these just this nip and tug. You got Mark Hamill, who is Luke Skywalker, saying, "I don't really like what we're doing this character," and then none of the fans like it. And Mark Hamill was going in public saying, "Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like this." Like, again, I'm not saying Mark Hamill's got a right. People don't story. even call the Last Jedi Luke Luke; they call him Jake Skywalker because that's what Mark <laughs> Hamill said. He feels like he's he's like I have to I have to just say this isn't Luke; this is Jake Skywalker. Jake it's like Skywalker. my God. Yeah, yeah. I mean. You know, look, if you love the sequel trilogy movies, more power to you. Um, they're not awful movies. Uh, they're all decent, but some are better than others. But it's just uh, just the frustrations with some of the decision-making. Um, and then again, just some of the... Uh, and it's not from the actors. Not to say that the Mandalorian actors aren't great, because they are. And this focus more so on the crew is particularly in this in this episode or in this season of, of gallery. But I, I I look more at the crew for the Last Jedi, or the crew for the sequel trilogy movies in general, and I, I, again, you know where 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 was the disconnect? Yeah, where was the disconnect? I think they had a pretty good feel for the Force Awakens. Um, they probably they you know we mentioned plenty of times they probably leaned a little too much on nostalgia. It was, but it, it made sense, you know, from a business standpoint, why they would do that, and it was kind of a layup. So I get why they would do that, but, um, but going forward, I don't know. The feel for how the react. I'm not saying they didn't make good movies, but not understanding how the fans would react. Maybe they didn't care. Pablo yeah. Hidalgo's response maybe suggests they don't care what the fans say. I don't know, but, <laughs> but regardless. Not. Yeah, I don't know. This was this was great PR for Disney, of course, and great PR for Lucas Filmin. And you got to be excited about the future with Favreau and Filoni heading up a lot of the TV stuff. Yeah, you have to be extremely excited for what they're going to do going forward. Hopefully, this uh, this level of attention to detail is put forth in all their 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 future projects. Kenobi, Hopefully. I'm almost certain it will. Obviously, all the, the stuff with Favreau and Filoni involved will. And the other stuff, I don't know. I, I You know, it's hard for me to say. Yeah. I mean, everything, at this point, everything Disney Star Wars that has not been related to the Skywalker saga, I very much enjoyed. Includes Solo, includes Rogue One, includes The Mandalorian, both seasons, um, includes The Clone Wars... Really, all of it I've enjoyed. Um, includes the books, includes the comics. 
Resistance. Just, I don't know if I'd well, say I very much enjoyed Resistance. Was very very. Uh, it was a malaise. I always put an asterisk of Resistance. That was a kids show. Yeah, they didn't market show. it as a kids show. They misled me. Well, not me, not me personally. They misled. I think. I think. I think their advertising was very off because that was a kids show. Yeah. That show was made for kids, and it wasn't made for me, and that's <laughs> right. okay. You know, there's nothing. You know, I'm not saying say it was a trash show, bad show. It wasn't made for me. Right. You know, and that's and that's okay. Um, either way, you know, I think they did some good stuff in that show. Even in that show, even even so. So, yeah, I I mean I think everything non Skywalker saga. Yeah. When it comes to the Skywalker saga, I think they just saw dollar signs. Unfortunately. Right. And I think it was all just you know whatever. It's people, not much people heart crunching in it. numbers. Not much heart in the, in the Skywalker. Saga. Yeah, not a lot. Not a whole um, lot of heart. Not a whole lot of care. I would say, look, I would um, say that most of those movies are better than Solo. Personally. I mean, I wouldn't say Rise of Skywalker is better than Solo. I would say no. 7 and 8 are. Um, but, I mean, I'd say maybe 8. I'd, you know how I feel about The Force <laughs> yeah, Awakens. No, I, I know you know how I feel about The Force Awakens. Force Awakens. I feel like it was, it's mostly just plagiarism. <laughs> you know, so I, I can't say, oh, it's better. It's like, I mean, it was... Uh, I mean, it was. I mean, maybe it had higher production value, possibly. But All right. I mean, I, I enjoyed watching Solo more, to be completely honest. <laughs> and look, maybe the Force Awakens, and obviously, I mean, you you had your questions about it at the time. This isn't like you, uh, in retrospect, saying this, but um, I will say there's a part of me where the Force Awakens dipped a little bit after what they teased being after what they teased ended up being so underwhelming. Um, mm. You know, in hindsight, it kind of dipped. <laughs> but regardless, uh, at the time, I was losing my mind. But but I don't know. I mean, I feel like this just was an excellent special. Um, you got to give, again, you got to give them credit. Um, I probably would have liked, again, more stuff from the actors. But, I mean, that's a nitpick. You know, we got a lot of Pedro and he's a star. Uh, there wasn't much focus on, and I guess the one thing this is this would be the, the the kind of the elephant in the room, obviously, but they didn't really get into any of the like the, any of the story stuff, which they're not going to, but because there's stuff that they still have to play stuff out. But you mean for the Mandalorian? Yeah, for the Mandalorian. Yeah, in the gallery special, they didn't get. Yeah, they into, didn't touch touch on Luke Skywalker they didn't at all. Mention Luke. They didn't mention him. Which that's what I that's what makes me wonder if there was like a spoiler thing there. A spoiler thing on Luke, spoiler thing on uh, on Ahsoka. Like, don't even say anything. That's the part of it where I'm like, all right, I don't know. But so you think there's you think the, you think there's more to come with Luke on TV? Well, that's in, a, in film? not not based off anything I saw. Um, I was just saying like spoiler thing and like that we don't like them not wanting to yeah, spoil. Yeah, don't even touch it. Like, we don't want anybody even watching this thing and seeing Luke Skywalker. I, I don't know. It doesn't really make sense. Why you wouldn't mention it? Yeah, Anybody they're, they're spoiling just about it. everything else. Yeah, showing dark troopers. Yeah, they're showing stuff. everything else. Besides they're showing just about everything else. So that that makes you cons- that makes you think that there may be some Luke Skywalker coming up. Because why would they want to say no comment? So what do you think about the Luke Skywalker? How'd you guys shoot that? What what happened there? No comment. That's essentially yeah. what they did. Um, yeah. Why? Again, well, it remains to be seen. I think we'll find out. Uh, in the near future, but, but yeah, nothing on even, you know, Ahsoka's story, nothing on Thrawn, nothing on Grogu, 
they meant you know Filoni mentions Grogu and then they gave him the name or whatever, but they didn't mention anything about his backstory or yeah. which again I didn't expect them to you know do a Q and A on on what's happening, <laughs> what's going to happen in, in the future. But yeah, I mean they're working on uh going to be working on season three as well. We don't know how much of Grogu we're going to see in season three. Yeah, we assume he's not in it. I mean, he probably will be, but you you assume know, he's not going to be in it. We're led to believe that he, <laughs> he's somewhere else. Will there be a time skip of any kind? Yeah, no, right. Um, maybe a young Ben Solo. Oh, season three of the Mandalorian. Maybe get a time skip to uh, no. Nah, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm just so I'm just throwing. I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just talking. I don't know if we're going to see any of that stuff, but um, but yeah. Either way, I'm very very excited about. Season three, they put so much work and so much care into the show, and so much money. I mean, to be blunt, into the show, I mean, into the production and the crew and the costumes, and the the uh, you know just the like like I was saying, the movie magic. Where feel it looks and feels like movie magic. How they're making the sets, you know, the directors and their, you know, and just everything they're able to do. It's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing, amazing work. I'm glad Dave Filoni is finally getting a chance to really show his stuff. Because having watched the Clone Wars, having watched Rebels, I mean, this guy knows Star Wars. He's created the best Star Wars content since George Lucas' Star Wars content. And Disney is lucky to have him on board with them. And hopefully, you know, he continues to have this role going forward at Lucasfilm. Um, so, again, any last thoughts before we wrap the show? Uh, again, heading into 2021, Star Wars, you know, as we know, every week there's something to talk about, so we'll be here, try to be here as, as often as possible to give you guys our reactions to all the news um, that we're going to see coming up. Star Wars uh, is going to be a big, uh, should be a big year, especially for news, I think. You know, again, we'll have Bad Batch coming out and we'll have Book of Boba Fett at the end, but I think we'll get a lot of announcements and a lot of trailers and previews and casting announcements going forward and story details on some of these projects coming forward. So that's what I'm really excited about. But, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, this was, this was a kind of ends our Mandalorian uh, kind of discussions, uh, at least on season two, but uh, there will be more. There'll be more conversations on what what we saw and what we'll uh, be seeing going forward uh, coming up. So excited! Yeah, yep, very exciting stuff going forward. Um, uh, so yeah, everything you said was correct. I'm sure we'll be getting a lot of teases, a lot of uh, well, I don't know about trailers anytime soon, but you know, whenever Bad Batch comes, it's whenever that release date approaches, we'll probably start getting more press and trailers and things like that for yeah, that. And we're supposed to be getting more animated sh- series as well. <laughs> Yeah. So, and the High Republic, of course, that'll be big. High Republic. It's coming in. Comics, we'll get, novels. We'll get, uh, we'll get Zach back on. Yeah, we gotta bring Zach back on for that. He's very excited about that, so that'll be interesting to talk about. And we'll also talk about what we think maybe will come out of that: movies, TV shows. Uh, so that still, all that remains to be seen. Funko Pop. I'm sure Funko Pop. <laughs> that's a, that's a given. <laughs> Um, and I'll have more book reviews and comic book reviews as well. Yeah, uh, twenty twenty one, the year of Thrawn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but 
but yeah, so I have a lot of I have a lot of book reviews, comic book reviews. Um, uh, we'll have uh, the High Republic novels coming out soon. Uh, you did finish the Thrawn novel recently. There'll be another Thrawn novel uh, later on, and um, uh, yeah, so we got a lot of stuff. I'm getting through the uh, the From a Certain Point of View book right now, which is amazing. These books are turning into some of my favorite Star Wars books. Uh, so I'm looking forward to talking about that. There's a lot of cool stuff on the horizon. But I do want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Shamari, joined by Kendall, and we will see you guys next time. Peace.